Hey guys, this is Kurt. And today, John and I on Parenting Today are going to talk about the Oscars. Uh, I have yet to win an Oscar. I'm still kind of angry about that. Um, the home movie that I made back when I was 14 continually gets snubbed. But I'm going to overcome that and we're going to talk about the Oscars. And we're going to get into uh, what's culturally important about the Oscars, why we want to celebrate um, good work when it's done well. Um, all that to say, uh, here's John and I. Um, and we hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Today. That was Joe Deegan playing in the background. Just a reminder to check out his new RYM Worship album. I'm here with Kurt Cooper. Kurt, how's it going? Hey, John. You sound like your voice is a little deeper. <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah, I've got a little bit of a cold, so I'm you're such kinda, a trooper. I am. It's it's for the you know the people tuning in to parenting today. We don't want to let them down. Um, so hopefully my voice will last through this episode. We'll find out. Did you have a good mm -hmm. weekend, Kurt? I did have a good weekend. Our church is doing a missions conference right now, so there's a lot going on. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time, of course. We're going to be talking. I assume that what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the Oscars. Um, That's exactly right. We are going to talk about yes. the Oscars. Now, if you haven't, if you don't know what the Oscars are, or you don't care what the Oscars are, you are in the start. <laughs> you're in the start majority of the world, um, <laughs> and <laughs> you are. You know the chances that too. But the Oscars. Do we even know why they're called the Oscars and not? I mean, I know that they're the Academy Awards, but that's something we probably should have Googled before we uh, before we record this podcast. Well, I think you just let everyone know that we're probably the, the least two qualified people to be discussing the Oscars. And, and let's just add to our lack of qualifications by saying Kurt and um, I did not watch the Oscars last night. I had planned on watching the Oscars. I was actually out of town this weekend um, speaking at – uh, a men's retreat and um we had some humble brag <laughs> yeah speaking to thousands um no, <laughs> dozens oh, uh, about the same about the same amount of people who watch the oscars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me and um yeah we had some car issues so we actually left town later and did not get in until late and the cold that I had uh, I took some NyQuil and went to bed and so we had planned on watching it and we're, we're going to kind of discuss why would we even talk about the Oscars on parenting today uh, this Tuesday and Thursday um, but we had planned on watching them and so the two of us had not watched them but obviously uh, there's something called the internet that can give us highlights in you know three to five minutes instead of watching a four-hour television show um, so was we, it four hours? I th I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that, that's and again, we'll, we'll get into some of this. They had tried to kind of trim back from some of the awards that they were going to give on television to make it a little shorter, uh, more in the three hour window. Um, but anyway, yeah, we were we both did not watch it, but we have um, gotten on and read some stories and looked at some things. So it, we, we've got some knowledge. Even I saw a little bit of it. I should say I should say that I saw a little bit. I saw the. Uh, I saw a few awards given out after uh, our youth fellowship had left my house. I turned it on and caught just a little bit, but okay, yeah, I did not. I was not in for the whole four-hour situation. There was no Oscars party at the Cooper's house or anything <laughs> like that. 
And so th- those who are listening, those of you who do like the movies and like the the Oscars, uh, there's going to be some stuff for you. Those who do not like the Oscars, those of you who are tuning in today and you, re- you didn't even know, oh, the Oscars happened on Sunday, there's probably going to be a lot for you as well. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of shots taken uh, by Kurt, especially <laughs> at, the, at the Oscars. So all that is to say, there's something for everyone out there. Um, but but hopefully, uh, I guess first, let me let me just read through some of the bigger winners, okay? Um, we'll, we'll just go through that, and we'll talk about some of the stories. Wait, before, oh. before, before we read through the bigger winners, can we just talk for a second about why we – why the? I think before we talk about like the nuts and bolts of the show, like – can we talk about why we think the Oscars matter? Like why would we even have a podcast about a parenting today podcast that covers the Oscars? Yes. And the first thing I'll throw out is this, is that the Oscars do matter. Um, but they matter a lot less than the people who are involved in Oscars think that they matter. And, uh, in, in many ways, you know, the Oscars, you know, and awards for cinema, movies matter and stories matter. Uh, obviously, you know, we're people who uh, believe in a story, a story that shapes our lives. So obviously, you know, stories matter. Uh, and yet uh, sometimes the way in which these things are talked about is they're talked about as tra- like a travesty that one film won over another film or, a, you know, someone was robbed because, they didn't win one actor or actress was robbed because they didn't win. And it kind of like when sports, when they talk about, they use a lot of war analogy. Sometimes it gets a little dramatic pun intended for my case that, uh, uh, the way in which we talk about the Oscars, um, you know, in the end, one person got a little gold statue and the other person didn't get a gold statue, but everyone, all the winners and all the losers are all movie stars. Um, so, you know, I mean, we just need to put it in perspective, uh, John, how many people watch the Oscars? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Um, you know what? Let me see. It seemed like, okay, yes, actually. Uh, so it was 26.5 million people watched last year at the 2018 Oscars. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the lowest um, ever, uh, the lowest in the history of the Oscars, uh, the fewest amount of people tuned in. Uh, to watch uh, what they can tell so far. I haven't looked at any hard numbers, but that this, the 2019 Oscars seem to be tuned in by more people. Um, I don't know how much more, but it's up a little bit, which in some ways that's not saying a whole lot. If last year was the the lowest, um, then (laughs) the bar was set lower for 2019. And so um, more tuned in, who knows if it had, I mean, it could have been a lot of different storylines people were, were somewhat interested in. Maybe it was the fact that, they uh, could did not have a host this year, and there was some mm-hmm. controversy with the whole Kevin Hart, you know, being asked and then stepped down and, and all of that, just to kind of see, well, okay, I think, could this be a disaster? So let's tune in and see what's going to happen. Well, I think we definitely want to discuss the whole host issue at some point, but um, just to put that in perspective, we were talking before we went on air about how um, about uh, ratings and how many people watch something. And, I think in the past, the Oscars has been something that uh, has been a real flashpoint for a lot of people uh, because a lot, a lot, a higher percentage of the people in the country watch the show um, to, you know, if 30 million people watch the Oscars, which I don't think 30 million people did, but if 30 million people watch the Oscars, to put that in perspective, that means that if you grab any 10 Americans, only one of them watched the Oscars mm-hmm. and the other nine did not. 
Um, that does not strike me as a super important thing. Um, but that's the reality of our culture now. I mean, if you think about, I think you were saying, John, that, uh, what percentage of uh, Americans yeah. watched I Love Lucy? Was yeah. it 70? Yeah. So let me, let me jump in real quick on this and then Kurt, yeah. you, you pick up. I, I'm reading yeah. the book entitled Them. T-H-E-M, Them, by Ben Sass. The, the subtitle is Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. Uh, it's it's an excellent book, very interesting. I'm, I'm not finished with it, but just a very interesting book. Ben Sass is a senator from Nebraska, and he even says, look, this is not a political book that he'll discuss political issue, issues kind of tangentially. But, but one aspect of the book, he, he gets into... And, and I guess I should say he asserts that we as a people are becoming more isolated. And he, he draws a correlation to how we watch television today as opposed to how Americans watched it um, back in the day. I mean, today, as we have 500 channels to choose from, <clears throat> I mean, he, he points out that when I Love Lucy uh, was on, and I'm scanning to, to try to find these numbers, it's, uh, yeah, se- basically 70% of Americans would watch I love Lucy. So you get that figure 70% of Americans. Yeah, and, and before you keep going, like, I mean, look, I know how people know how to do percentages, not, but just imagine. Me, so help us out. Not, but just imagine that if you work in an office with 20 people, that 14 of them all watch the same show the night before. Um, whereas if you work in an office with 20 people with the Oscars today, two of them watch the Oscars and the other 18 didn't watch it. And the Oscars is, we would say the Oscars is a big deal. Anyway, keep going. I mean, that that's a that's a huge difference. Yeah, and 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 so Ben Sass points out in his book, you know, in the last decade plus, he says the most watched serial program, and he says, you know, as opposed to a one time event like the Super Bowl, was when Sunday Night Football for a short, short run in 2014, get this, claimed a 14 percent share of American households. So the largest mm-hmm. serial program in the last couple of decades has been 14% compared to 70% of I Love Lucy. And then he talks about, you know, um, MASH. And uh, in 1983, 125 million people, that's 54% of the country tuned Mm. in for the finale of MASH. And so he's saying, okay, we would leave our houses after watching that show at night. We'd go to work the next morning and people, most of the population had tuned into this one show and so we'd have this shared experience and we would discuss it but there's nothing even close to again 70 percent 54 percent um to now the the most kind of shared show is at 14 percent and i mean just this weekend kurt i was talking with um reverend wilson shirley who's on the local youth worker that this week and he was telling me about the show parenthood and i know that's not even on anymore but you can stream it somewhere and so he was trying to share this show with me, and it's I couldn't I could not share in that experience because I have not watched it, and I'm not watching it. And so we do this all the time. Somebody gets on a streaming uh, device, and they, you know they're watching a show, and nobody else they can't they cannot share that. So just this reality of we're not sharing this experience, and as we're highlighting the Oscars, it's kind of like we're making a case against us having an episode for on the Oscars because a lot of people did not tune in. Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't have a episode on the Super Bowl either, but you know, the Super Bowl is the most watched program every year. 
it's a one-time event, but only a hundred million people watch the Super Bowl. And it sounds crazy to say only, and then the number 100 million after that, um, only a hundred million. Dr. But, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> John, no one can see you put your pinky to your mouth. Yes, you, so, you can, Kurt. That's all I can. That's right. That's right. But even that, even the Super Bowl, a hundred million people, a hundred million, a hundred million Americans watch the Super Bowl. Well, that means that in a group of three Americans, only one of them watched the Super Bowl. There are 300 million people in America. And that means there are only one out of every three. I mean, like, would you take a medicine if only one out of every three doctors <laughs> recommended it? Like, but, is it liquid or like jail cap? What are we talking about? <laughs> it's like a huge horse pill. <laughs> um, it's like gigantic. What, what, okay. what flavor? It's, it's, uh, it's ter- I don't know, Just man. It's bubble gum. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this. I don't either. I think (laughs) this is true for the Oscars. It's true for our culture in general is that there are fewer, there are fewer and fewer flashpoints or cultural flashpoints that everyone is aware of. And even those are diminished in power. So the few that are left they're they're significantly diminished. And as we have different options to consume, you know, think about this is a Netflix and a Hulu and an Amazon prime video uh, generation, a direct TV dish network generation, like all these different options to watch is that, uh, you know, we've diluted ourselves and, um, sorry, diluted D I L U T. That's a, that kind of diluted, but we've diluted, um, the culture in such a way that we really are isolated and we re- and like things don't matter as much to as many people it, and th- what's really interesting, or let's bring it back to the Oscars for a second. It's like, this is also the year, the first year that um, a movie was up for best picture that never was even in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the movie Roma uh, premiered on Netflix and a lot of people think that it didn't win because uh, there are a lot of Hollywood elites uh, and who don't want uh, a movie that was never in the box office to win best picture or, or kind of want to punish Netflix in some way. But, you know, the, the shape of the culture is changing and it's obvious from the fact that the Oscars um, receive lower and lower ratings as does everything else. Yeah. Now I think this is a good, not, I think, I know this is a good discussion to have because we, we as parents just have to think about, okay, what does this mean for us? And, and what, especially as, Image bearers of God were created in the image of God, and we've said this, you know, countless times. Uh, we're created for community and fellowship, and so this longing to have shared experience is significant. And so, th- this is changing the way we share experiences and points of connection for, you know, Christians to the world um, to be able to to walk into the you know public square and to try to strike up a conversation with someone to, to have you know, less points of connection can make that somewhat of a challenge. So I think it's important to bring up. And as you're bringing up Roma being on Netflix, I mean, there are those who who talk about the old guard in the academy and the new guard in the academy. Uh, Some in the old guard of the academy probably did not want Roma to win. And so they voted against Roma and those in the new guard, you know, so, so there's still that, that tension that's there. And that's part of why some people think that green book won but again, th- this is uh, related to the Oscars, um, this conversation that we're having. But I would say uh, a, a way in which, or a case that we 
could make for for saying, okay, look, it, it is important for us to watch the Oscars or to know something about it. Is it does give us a window into the culture? It helps us hear mm-hmm. some of the narratives that are going on in the culture and to know how people who sometimes are not like us. I'm not saying that all of Hollywood is filled with a bunch of you know just atheists, but people who don't think like we do. We can we can hear um, some of the their concerns and um, so it, again, it can just be a a window into the world. And, and there's uh, look there's some self-righteousness on my part that I have when, I mean, this happened recently when the Grammys were on, I woke up the next morning and uh, saw on the television that the Grammys had happened. And I did not even realize that they happened. And I kind of like it when that happens that, you know, this event that the culture is so excited about and that so many people are just kind of worshiping each other that I can wake up and be like, huh, I didn't even know that that happened. Um, And that's, you know, some self-righteousness in my heart. Yeah, I agree. You're really self-righteous. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, uh, the winners, the winners. No, well, oh, hold on, before uh, one more thing before we get to the winners is drum roll. We're just building the tension. People just cannot. Yeah, wait. we're gonna people. People can look up the winners. They don't need to know the winners from us. We'll talk about those. But let's can we talk for a second about celebrating other people's accomplishments? Okay. And you said when you were talking about the Grammys, like worshiping other people. Well, certainly there's a lot of idolatry that takes place. I mean, they hand out statues here. So, I mean, idolatry, it's, I mean, that's kind of on the nose. But, <laughs> um, but the, uh, but there is um, an idea that is an idea that's rooted in scripture um, of the celebration of work well done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even though we might roll our eyes at some of the things that are done or, or said by the people who are involved in the Academy Awards, uh, there's no question that there is room in our worldview. No, no question there's room in our worldview to celebrate alongside others um, when they do something that is significant. You know, when they when they tell a story in a very artful way um, and when they, we want to reward that. And so it's, we're probably going to, you know, John said, I'm probably going to bash the Oscars a lot. And I really don't want to bash the Oscars or not that part of it, at least is that I I think it's great that we celebrate other people's accomplishments. Um, Now we can obviously take that too far. Like we can take anything too far, but I think it's wonderful to celebrate when people work hard. It takes a lot to make a film. Um, there's a lot of hard work that's done. And, you know, some of that is done by the people who are on the screen, but a lot of it is done by people who are off the screen. And these things are a big deal to them. They've spent, you know, a, you know, months and maybe even years of their lives dedicated to telling this story and to tell it in the most powerful way possible um, with the broadest appeal, um, you know, and to get their message across. And so I don't think it's wrong for Hollywood to celebrate itself is what I'll say. I don't think it's wrong um to to give these awards to people uh i think what the error or what really wants what really makes me cringe is um the way uh in which uh, we assign the importance uh to these things um anyway that was a rambling thing i think there's i think there's room in the christian worldview to celebrate um you know I, i think every christian wants to hear from god well done, my good and faithful servant, or this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And, you know, and through Christ, a Christian can, can hear that. Um, and we're made to hear that. Mm -hmm. No, Kurt, I think you're bringing up something 
very important. And uh, for us, not not only just to have a balanced discussion of this, but to have proper theology as we discuss this. I mean, everyone in Hollywood was created in God's image, and we know God has bestowed gifts on every individual. And so it's good to, to celebrate that. It's good to acknowledge that. And, uh, you know, in the midst of all of that, we, we've got to look at you know, there, there are flaws in that system. It's not like the Oscars are infallible, and we would you know, even say that the Academy asserts that, that they've made mistakes, and um, you know, time has shown us that they've made some mistakes of what they have awarded and, and all that. But, but uh, you know, magnifying or pointing to people's gifts is a good thing, and we as Christians can say, okay, that can ultimately point us to the true director, the true screen writer and and all of those things and that's why you know we should actually care when when they cut out um some who might not be familiar they were trying to to shorten the show as we said and they were cutting out i think costume and makeup design and and some other things i think cinematography might even have been cut out which is a a big category um as well and so uh, that should, in a sense, kind of bother us because you, you think of these people who have spent most of their lives trying to hone their craft and trying to to do something excellent um, is a good thing that should be rewarded. And to, to hear, okay, no, look, we're cutting your part. There's a sense in which they're hearing you're not as important as director, actor, and all that. We won't get into the bait of what what's you know most important or anything like that. But but there's a sense in which we're saying, okay, we're not going to you know just um, take the time to admire your gifts that you have. And of course that, that's, that's a big deal. And these people, again, are image bearers and, uh, we should, uh, definitely take time to appreciate that. So, um, no, Kurt, that's, <clears throat> that's a good point. Um, for sure. How, how about, uh, the winners? Is it time? Can I do that? Kurt? Can, can we talk about, can we talk about who won? I've, I've been dying to talk about <laughs> it. You just keep, um, Keep moving it. Yeah, past. we'll uh, we'll say a little bit more. I mean, as we're talking about who wins, and we'll say a little bit more, and then we'll start tying this up, and then we'll uh, are wrapping this up, and then we'll uh, talk about maybe some narratives and storylines on, on Thursday. But the the best motion picture of the year, and usually you do this one last, but I'm I'm starting here is uh, is Green Book, and there's some you know a lot of controversy about that movie that story and it winning uh that we'll we'll discuss but green book won and it was somewhat of a surprise um best performance by an actor in a leading role went to rami malek for bohemian rhapsody and a lot of people are bothered with that i mean everything people are bothered with every one of these but best performance by an actress in a leading role olivia coleman and so many people thought glenn close was going to win Uh, she's been nominated i think more than any female without ever winning an Oscar, I believe that's correct. So people thought this was her year. Um, best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali. Um, and I think he made history. Uh, he's won two. I don't think it's back-to-back. Or it was back-to-back. Okay, one for Moonlight. No, one for Green Book. Um, but I think I think he's been nominated twice, and he won twice. And so he's the only... Uh, individual who's won every time uh, he's been nominated, I believe. Uh, somebody else could Google that. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role, Regina King. And then we'll just go a little quicker. Directing, Alfonso Corian. Corian, Corian, I always forget, for, for Roma. Um, <laughs> best original screenplay, Green Book. Best adapted screenplay, Black Klansman. Uh, let's see, cinematography, Roma. 
yeah, achievement in editing. We'll, we'll stop here. Um, but yeah, winner Bohemian Rhapsody, John Ottman. And there was a lot of people that were bothered with, bothered with that because they said editing is very poor uh, in that movie. Okay. Um, I'm serious. Kurt's laughing, but I'm serious. There's actually videos people have put together showing how poorly that, that film was edited. Um, are you talking about, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are angry about that, but let's, let's go back. Let's, let's run it back. Um, let's go back. I guess the first thing that we need to talk about is green book. It's the, it's the movie that, uh, one, uh, it's driving Miss Daisy in reverse. Right. Um, a, white, you know, a white man driving a black man. A, a white Italian driving a black man through the nineteen the pre civil rights yeah, the pre civil rights South. Um uh uh true true story. My, yeah, my well yeah. based on a true story. Yes. Um always. Uh Mahersha Ali is the uh is the musician and um Vigo Mortensen plays his chauffeur, the Italian chauffeur. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the recipe to win at the Oscars is to cater to older people. Um, because a lot of the people who vote in the Academy are old. And so, uh, any stories about making movies and any stories about time gone by are probably going to do a little bit better uh, than, uh, than others. And so that might be one of the reasons why it won. Another reason why it might've won is because again, what most people thought was the favorite Roma was came out on Netflix and did some people rebel against that. Um, and, uh, one of the reasons why this movie is not a popular winner, uh, or why people, um, question whether it should have won is because of the historical veracity of the account. Uh, some people think, uh, especially um, I don't remember the name of the actual person that Mahershali is supposed to be portraying. Do you know his name, John? Um, it is Dr. Hold up, pull it up. Dr. Don Shirley. Yeah. Jazz pianist. Mm-hmm. And his family has said that, that this story is not accurate. Correct. That's correct. Yes. And so, um, and I don't know exactly in what ways it's not accurate, but I think the real reason that uh, this story has been um, panned by some, uh, or this movie has been panned by some, is because uh, the idea that um, that yes, the idea of, of telling a story about a time in American history in which racism was rampant. Um, but somehow racism was cured by these mad, this magical relationship between one white man and one black man. Uh, a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people in the culture don't like that because they say, well, that kind of glosses over the problems that still exist around race in our country. Would that be a fair, would that be a fair, uh, summation of the criticism of green book or have I missed something? No, I think, I mean, there, there's going to obviously be a lot of, um, you know, narratives that, uh, people are discussing for the, the controversy. I mean, like you said, I think the main one is just the, yeah, the inaccuracy of the account. I think again, Dr. Don Shirley's 
family has come out and said that this story is not accurate. There's also, and I did not read up on this too much because it was somewhat of a surprise that Green Book won. I thought Roma was going to win. A lot of people have been talking about Roma for sure. And so this one was just kind of a surprise. But Peter Farley is the director, and many people know him from, do you know, Kurt, what he directed? Dumb and Dumber. There you go. Dumb and Dumber, the director of Dumb and Dumber won an Oscar uh, for Best Picture. Uh, that's that's crazy. And so, there, uh, Some might argue that he should have won one for Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> there so. you go. <laughs> that's right. But he supposedly, again, I just kind of glossed over some headlines, I think did some inappropriate things behind the scenes, kind of joking around. And so that's gotten um, some, some issues. I think he's also maybe made some statements. So I'm not trying to be insensitive to those. I just have not read up on those. Um, and so, yeah, people were just kind of down on this film and, uh, you know, when it went up against, I think black Klansman, I know Spike Lee did, uh, supposedly almost walk out of the theater, uh, when they gave the award to, um, green book and during the entire acceptance speech, Spike Lee turned his back, uh, to, uh, Peter Farley and those who were getting the award. So th- th- there's a lot of people that are bothered by this movie and bothered that it won. But again, whatever's going to win, people are going to be bothered by, by it. But yeah, those are just some at of least the, they, at least they called out the right film that won this year. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's celebrate what happened. That was well, that, that they did well. They didn't, especially with no host. Um, you know, I'm sure after the, the mess up, I guess it was it two years ago or a year ago where they called out, um, La La Land, and really it was Moonlight that won. Was that was that two years ago or is it a year ago? I don't remember. I don't either. It, it seems like but it was last year. It was probably two years. I, ago. I will say about Spike Lee that Black Klansman is probably not in his top three movies ever. That doesn't mean that he isn't. You know, I, I understand his bitterness. Um, you know, he's made some pretty good movies that didn't win for Best Picture. So, uh, but yeah. I always. I find it a little insincere when people really get up in arms about which film won versus which film didn't win. Again, because we all made everyone that's there is a movie star and a director, and they all, you know, uh, just to be nominated is really an award, you know, an award in and of itself. Yeah, and, um, and like, only one can win. Yeah, right. Yeah. Only one can be the the winner. Um, and history will tell whether that whether Green Book was the best movie made or not. Um, you know. Was dancing with Dances with Wolves better than Goodfellas? I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Dances with Wolves won, but you know, I see Goodfellas on TNT all the time. So, <laughs> but 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 to your point, I mean, with Spike Lee, many have said, yeah, that he would, you know, win an Oscar, which he did for you know best original screenplay. I think that's right. I don't think it's best adapted. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I know I just read them out, but. Um, that that Hollywood was going to make up for not giving him an award that he had done better films, but they were going to you know give it to him for this. Similar to Martin Scorsese, he did not win an Oscar for the longest time, and uh, they gave it to him for The Departed. But many would say, look, he should have gotten it for Goodfellas. So you know, there's that, and that needs to factor into what we think about the Academy and how they go about you know acknowledging winners and losers. That it's a you know a flawed system ultimately, and it, you know. But and I do want to go back. Best adapted screenplay is what Spike Lee won for Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, why don't we? Do you want to wrap this one up, Kurt? And then we'll we'll kind of talk about some other uh, storylines, narratives, and uh, just thinking maybe more theologically, biblically about award shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love to do that. I do also want to say that um, Spike Lee. Uh, he didn't win. He didn't even get nominated for do the right thing, which most people think is his, 
possibly his best movie. Um, and he was defeated by driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. And I think he made some comment about if someone else, if someone drives someone around, he can't win, which I think might be one of the best comments. Well, um, and then let's yeah. just be honest. Not only is he a screenwriter and can can is <laughs> a wordsmith, but he had that one planned. You know, he knew okay, yeah. if I if I'm not going to win this, I'm yeah. going to have a good singer, and that that was. A oh, good I'm singer. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It, it you works. still have to stuff to execute. So, yeah, all right. Well, guys, we're, we're going to continue. We're going to continue talking about the Oscars on uh, Thursday, and uh, we hope that you'll uh, join us then. Until then, John, I'll, I'll see you on Thursday. All right. See you, Kurt.